We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Thursday, March 23rd. I have to see what day it was. Thursday, it's Thursday, it's Thursday. And uh, we'll be talking about MLB DFS continuing our DFS primer for the upcoming Major League Baseball seasons a week away. It's 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 almost exactly a week away. What we got? They even put up the. The, the slate uh, on, on DraftKings next Thursday, 105 p.m. Eastern. It's, it's a week away, so we're continuing our uh, primer series. Uh, today we'll be talking about correlation. Uh, remember, tomorrow is an MMA show, right? We got a 13-fight card coming up for UFC uh, on uh, on Saturday, 4, 4 p.m. Eastern slate. So going through with some strategy, line of construction for the UFC slate tomorrow, you want to get a head start on that? Sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Get uh, get all the uh, the MMA premium content, our our projections, our ownership, our expert survey, the Ground and Pound podcast, uh, Liam's breakdown of the fights, everything you'll need for the UFC slate. I'll also be on that. We also do a we also do Crunch Time now, right? For for premium members, I'm I'm assuming it's for premium members. I don't think it's a free show uh, on on Saturdays. I'm filling in. Typically, it's a uh, it's a uh, Mike H D Buddha and and uh, Drew Matthews Red Kachik, and uh, I'm I'm filling in. So so I'll be I'll be on that before the there's 45 minutes before the slate starts. So if you want to check that out as well, hit those thummy thumbs on your way in the door. Give me the thummy thumbs. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Do all your do all the things that you do. Right. Good morning, Wataz and Suki Singh Defic Woo J Train. MLB season is almost here. You're right. It's almost here. And that's why we need to talk about correlation, right? We talked on, on Tuesday about projection, right? The three levers of DFS. If you have the theory of daily fantasy sports, the fundamentals masterclass, you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. 
and the advanced course as well. We talk about the three levers. The three levers of DFS, projection, correlation, and leverage. Okay, we talked about projection. Today, we're talking about correlation as it relates to MLB. But you could say this about almost any sport as well. So correlation simply is the effect of one batter's performance or one player's performance on another player's performance, either positively or negatively. How correlated they are to each other. Okay, if one player does well or one player does badly, does that make it more or less likely that another player does well or badly? Okay, so like in football, quarterback, wide receiver, right? In order for a wide receiver to score a touchdown, they have to catch a pass from someone. Someone threw that ball, right? Threw that ball somewhere, right? Most likely it's the quarterback most of the time. Sometimes you have those weird trick plays and the wide receivers throwing the ball to the running back and stuff like that. But most of the time it's the quarterback. So those points are correlated to each other. The passing yards are correlated to each other, right? Because when the quarterback throws the ball 25 yards and a receiver catches it, quarterback gets points, the wide receiver gets points, right? Very easy to see that. As as the, the team does well, the running back also has more likelihood to get touchdowns, right? As they possess the ball more. So the wide receivers and the running backs are correlated also to each other. Their scores are not maybe not in one play, but their overall fantasy scoring is correlated with each other. Everyone on the same team is correlated to each other to some extent, some more than others. Baseball works the same way. Baseball, all the batters on a team, their fantasy scoring is correlated with each other for two reasons. One, like we talked about with, I just said with the example of NFL, we have the play-by-play version of that. Quarterback throws the ball to a wide receiver. And also the game environment, that as the team scores more points and has more possession and moves the ball more, there's more available fantasy points to be scored by everyone on the team. And that's a lot of what the what the baseball MLB correlation is. That it's not necessarily that uh, player A, you know, play the, the, the first batter gets a hit. The second batter, you know, gets an RBI and a double. And the next guy runs and knocks him in. You know, it's not necessarily that. So that's why when people focus on, well, I can't play hitters that aren't like next to each other in the order. It's like, no, everyone in a baseball lineup, in an MLB lineup is correlated with each other. Now, the ones that are closer to each other are a little, little bit more correlated, the same way with the quarterback and wide receiver. But everyone on the same team, because as as the team scores more runs, right, in baseball, right, they're recording no outs. They're not recording outs, which means the team gets to keep on batting. It gets to keep on batting. The guy at the bottom of the order in a, in a, in a game where the team only scores like two runs may only get three at-bats. But what happens if they score 15 runs? That guy could get five, six at-bats, get twice as many at-bats as what, what the, the mean projection would even be. Right? Don't you want to have those teams that have the more more opportunities for you to score points? If I told you there's a team that uh, most of the order is going to get five, four at-bats, and here's most of the order is going to get six at-bats, or five at-bats, or seven at-bats. Like that audit, once, I told, once I tell you that half to half the lineup is getting seven at-bats, either, either, either it's a very low-scoring game and it's like 1-1 and it goes 17 innings, right? There, there are cases like that. But for the most part, if I told you that every every batter in your lineup is going to get seven at-bats, most likely they're, they're going to be doing well, right? 
how how is the team getting seven at bats in 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 the, in the lineup? Yeah, because they're they're not recording outs, which means they're scoring fantasy points. And that's why in baseball, players are correlated to the extent of like 0.3, 30 or 40% to each other. It's a very strong correlation. Well, that maybe in the grand scheme of things, League of Legends has very strong correlations. MLB has strong correlations to each other. Now, obviously, it works in the reverse as well. If, you know, the team's striking out a bunch, right? One player does poorly, the next player's probably doing poorly, right? In general. So it could be a 30%, let's just say, let's just estimate it at that, 30% correlation to each other, plus or minus. Okay, so let's say we have five batters, right? I'm t- using team A. And let, let's say we're just u- using this as a concept. This is not the way that you would exactly compute it. The whole point is to learn the concepts. Let's say player A has a project. These are the mean projections of, of these players, right? All right, so you got, you, got, uh, you got five batters on the team, right? Five batters in your lineup even, right? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, right? Okay, so what's the range? This is this is if you if we added this all up, right? I'm just doing this on the fly. 19, 27, 34, this 40, 40 points, right? Mean. Okay, now what's 30%? We'll do it individually by batter, right? So if these were all correlated to one another, that means we're saying that as we add more, as we add more people to our our lineup, our five-player lineup, the range of outcomes of each player increases by 30%. Okay? So what's 30% of 10? That's three points, right? So anywhere from seven, we've now made it seven to 13. And we've increased, we've increased it. We even, for, for purposes of fantasy, right? 13, right? We've essentially... What's uh what's 30% of nine? Right? 2.7, right? 11.7. 30% of eight is 10.4, right? 30% is 9.1. 30% would be 7.8 or something, right? Right, like that. So essentially, when you put all all five players together, these are what they're you should be viewing their projections being to incorporate the correlation of all five players in your lineup, or the players next to each other, right? So if we add these up, right? What's 30%? I mean, we could just, what's 30% of 40? 50, this should equal 52, okay? So by playing all, all five players together from the same team, you should really be treating this not as a 40-point projection, but a 52-point projection, Right? Now, let's say you have a, another lineup of five players that are all five players from different teams, right? And you play the same, same projected players, right? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Well, they, well, they have no correlation with each other, right? When when the player A does well, play, that has no effect on player C. They're in different games, right? So you would consider this lineup's projection to be 40. But this line of projection, for the purpose, I mean, for the purposes of, of ceiling is concerned, is 52. It's 12 points better. 12 points higher. 
Now it's range of outcomes. I mean, obviously it could be 12 points on the other one. I mean, like one at 28. You've been, you've essentially made a lineup that is more, more likely to score 52 or 28 rather than one that's more likely to score 40. Essentially you're turning a normal distribution. This ABCDE lineup with 40. The scores are more likely to be closer to 40 because these players are not correlated to each other. One may do well, one may do badly. One may do okay. One may do badly. This white guy may don't do well. But everything balances out enough that the overall result of these five players is actually going to be a normal distribution, a no, more normal distribution, right? So you're going to see more results, 38, 42, 35, 45, like 39, 41, like this, because they're not related to one another. So one guy could do really well, and the other guy could do really badly. Right, so on average, you're going to get results that are more closer to 40. Right, you're going to have a normal distribution. While this lineup, because you're stacking five players from one team, one player is highly correlated to the other player. Like, one guy does well, it's more likely that all, more of the, maybe not all four of them do well, but more likely that the next guy does well, and this guy does well, and that guy does well. On the reverse, it's also that if, Dude, if one guy does badly, the other guy does badly, and this guy does badly, and that guy does badly, right? So you're going to get more results that are bimodal. You can get more results around 52 and 28 rather than 40. You're not going to see as many 40s. You're going to see 55s. You're going to see 49s. You're going to see 22s. You're going to see 30s. You're not going to see as much in, in the, in the, in the mid-range. And when we're talking about progressive payout contests like GPPs, where the payout structure goes like this and then way up like a hockey stick, your goal is to, to increase the variance of your lineup as much as possible while still maintaining a decent enough projection. That's what correlation does. So you see here that these two lineups could have the same exact mean projection This correlated lineup with five players from one team is worth way more in GPPs than this lineup with five unrelated players to each other. Because they're getting a boost. It's like every time you add another player to the lineup that's from the same team, it's like you're boosting your lineup another 30%. So how would I judge these two lineups to each other? I would view this lineup as a 40-point lineup, like a 40 pro in pro projection terms. This would be a lineup that is 40. This is a lineup that, remember, we're not caring about ownership. We'll be talking about leverage next week. So this lineup I would rank as a 40-point projected lineup. This lineup I would rank as a 52-point projected lineup. It's 12 points better. I'm gaining additional 12 points of projection from the sake of having it correlated to each other. Now, let's say this lineup, let's say this first lineup with five just random one-off players. Let's just say, I'm using, I'm just, let's use an extreme example. Let's say there's a, there's not going to be many 14-point projected players. Maybe, I guess, cores, I guess. Right? 12, 10, 10, is that good? 16, 14, 12, 10, 10, something like this. So let's say this lineup. 
So this lineup has what? 30, 42, 52, 62, right? Let's just say, I mean, this is kind of a weird thing. A Wrigley game, like, I mean, you'd rarely see 16-point projected players. I guess like Aaron Judge and, and Wrigley when the wind's blowing out by 30 miles an hour or something. For that to be the mean. But let's just say you had this one-off lineup of like, here's just five random players that obviously project well. And obviously within the same salary, right? I'm We're kind of just disregarding any of that. And this projected for 62, which would be, quote, better. Well, even though this lineup, this lineup, this five-player lineup is uncorrelated, its mean projection is much higher than this correlated lineup's just 52. Beats it out by 10 points. That the correlation of these five players with the projection of 40, even factoring in the correlation, only brings it up to 52. Well, this lineup is already at 62. So which lineup, quote, would be better? It would be the uncorrelated lineup. Correlation, all it does is boost the effects of the player's range of outcomes that they're tied to each other. So when people ask the question of, do you stack five? Do you stack four? Do you stack, do you do five, three? Do you do five, one, one? Do you five? It's all in relation to, the, to, to this. If you wanted to design, most of the time, it doesn't matter much. Because baseball is so, why, why range of outcomes as it is? That this one, this lineup is 0.2 points better than, okay, 2.2 points, it doesn't matter. So let's let's take for example a like a, a a full lineup, right? So we already we already see. But let's say here's a five player lineup. Here's a here's a five player lineup with uh, with one one off, right? As an example, right? So we already got this. We'll already put put this in twenty eight forty fifty two, right? Okay. So it's like, okay, how about, how about, here's, here's a line. I'm going to put in the same players, right? And, and the, so basically I'm deciding. And so this gets a boost because I got correlation in my lineup, right? Boost by 30%, right? So we'll make these lineups look almost exactly the same. In point one. Other than this lineup has four players from the same team and then some one-off, okay? Let's say this one-off has a 10-point has a projection. It doesn't get any benefit of, of, of correlation to this. It's just a one-off. But what's the, proje- what's the projection now of this lineup? We can get it all the way down here. Right? 10, 9, 8, what? It's an extra four points. Like that, okay? The difference is seven, this one, even with the with the correlation, this last player we're going to treat as a 7.8 projection, but this last player we're going to treat as a 10-point projection. So it's 2.2 points better for, right? This would be 54.2, right? Which lineup is, quote, better? Well, the first one. They both may be plus EV. They both may be profitable lineups to play, right? Depending on the contest you're in. 
But you see here is that this last player is correlated with the other four players, but his projection is only six. Even with that 30% boost, that gets him up to 7.8. This be this other player projection is 10. Or we're assuming everyone is the same salary, right? We're just assuming this oh, the salaries of this lineup fits. Well, his mean projection is already 10. So, so yeah, he's he, this player B gets no benefit of correlation, gets no boost, doesn't get 30% more added to his projection. So when you add up all these 13 plus 11.7 plus 10.4 plus 9.1 plus 10, it should equal 54.2, right? It's 2.2 more than this. So this lineup you would judge as a 54.2. This one you would judge as a 52. Which lineup is, quote, better? Well, 54.2 is higher. So if I had to choose between two li- these two lineups, they both could be plus EV, but it could be you play either of them. They'd be profitable. One maybe a little bit higher profit. But which lineup is better? It would be the one that has a four-player stack and one one-off. Because the one one-off projects from a mean standpoint better than the last, the fifth man on the stack, even with the boost in correlation. So extrapolate that out to a like a, a common lineup, right? That you'd be talking about, right? Let's say we go, we go right, we go right back to make these lineups exactly the same. I get the question of, okay, do I play five, five, one, one, one? Do I play five, two, one? Do I play five, three? And what's my what's my answer always? Well, it depends on the lineup. First off. It probably doesn't matter. You've probably already gotten to the point of building a plus EV lineup. Now it's just a matter of which one is slightly better than the other, slightly more profitable. You're probably going to be profitable with any one of those doing one of those things. You can build you can build a thousand lineups like each with each of those constructions. So in and of itself, like, do you play five three or do you play five one one? You're overthinking this. Go to the last show. If you're thinking about, I mean, I'm really serious here. You're going to not believe me. If you're thinking about MLB DFS for more than 60 seconds on any given day, you're thinking too hard. You want to get better at MLB DFS? Stop thinking about 99% of the things that you're thinking about. You could show up with a minute before the slate and build lineups that are as good or better than most of the people in the contest. And you'd be better off. The more you think about it, the worse your lineups will get. Or you're just spending time on nothing. I just it, it it's a waste of why you, you might as well go out and bang your head against the wall. It'll be more worthwhile to do. So let's say we take two lineups. Here's a five, here's a five-three lineup, right? Here's here's a five. Five, one, one, one. Let's say, you know, whatever. B, C, D, right? Okay. Right, here's five, three. Here's five, one, 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 right? So let's just say that this this lineup has 10, 10, 9, 8, right? On that, right? We've already gotten the, the original part of this lineup had 40, right? Is the projection. 
All right, so now we're going to add another 10, 9, 10, 9, 8. So what, what, 19, what, 27? So it's 67 now, All right? And then these three players get a boost because they're all correlated to each other. So we're going to give them a 30% boost as my screen goes out. We're going to give them, we're going to give them the 30, 30% boost because of core, because of correlation. All right. So this whole lineup gets a 30% boost. So what's 30% is 67. Uh, what? 6.7 times 1.3, 87.1. Okay. And these are three one-offs, right? Let's say. B one off is eleven, ten. Let's just go. Let's let's do that. Let's do thirteen, let's do thirteen, twelve, eleven. There's much that they projectively even better than that, right? So let's add this up. All right, so you got forty, fifty-three, sixty-five, seventy-six. Right, but it has no benefit of correlation. Okay. So projection-wise, this lineup projects for 76. But once you add the correlation of the other three players, like this one is technically you're going to judge as, what, 87.1? Right? Even though these batters are all 10.9.8 point projection, these each of these three batters project better than all three of these batters. The correlation may be worth more than these projections, but let's just say, let's say these are three crappy batters, right? Let's say these three individual are really good batters. I mean, I don't know how you'd fit them in salary-wise, but whatever, we'll just, we'll, we'll make it up, right? So what's 30% of, what, five? What, 6.5, 6.5, Okay, so we have to recalculate that. Okay, so we got the 40, 45, 50, so... Mean projection fifty five. We add up, you know, what what's thirty percent of that? Five times one point three, seventy seventy one point five. Okay, and then these these three players, right? Right. Let's let's say uh, twelve, twelve. Let's say uh, fifteen, twelve, and ten, or something. Whatever, doesn't matter. Forty, fifty five, sixty seven, seventy seven. Okay, but these three players don't get the benefit of correlation, right? B, C, and D, or they're from three different teams. Okay, so this lineup we're going to judge as seventy having a seventy-seven point projection. This lineup we're judging to have a seventy-one point five projection. So which lineup is quote better? The first, the second one. Even though this is a five-three lineup, this five-one-one-one lineup is quote better. Than this 5-3 lineup. The other 5-3 lineup was much better than the other's 5-1-1 lineup. And there's going to be a 5-2-1 lineup that may be slightly better than a 5-3. Like, you understand what, what it depends on the lineup mean, right? Because people ask, because that the, what, the, the number one thing that I'll, I'll, I'll respond back is because I think teaching with exaggeration matters so much. Should I play 5-3 or should I play 5? Should I play a five-man stack? Right. So I said, five. Should I play a five-three lineup, or should I play whatever? I go. Well, I want you to put in the five worst hitters. I want you to put in five bench players. 
from the same team. And then three bench players from the other team. And then two relief pitchers. Isn't that a 5-3 lineup? And you go, yeah, but that's a horrible lineup. I said, yeah. But it is a 5-3 lineup. So it was. is that good to play? It's like, well, not that lineup. I go, exactly. Not that lineup. <laughs> right? I'm going to stack five guys from the Pirates that are all 2K apiece and three players from the Marlins at 2K apiece. They both have a horrible projection. I'm going to leave 12,000, 15,000 on the table, play the two worst pitchers and be like, okay, well, you have a 5-3 lineup. That's horrible. That's that's a horribly negative EV. And then you have another lineup that has no correlation. You literally, literally, you're just picking out, trying to pick out home runs. That lineup would be better. Than the line, than the five three lineup with all the garbage in it. So if that's the case, then there has to be a middle ground somewhere of like, like yeah, there there's thousands of five three lineups that are better than some, a lot of five two one lineups that are better than a lot of five one 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 lineups. But on an individual level, there are plenty of five one 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 lineups that are better than five three lineups, or four two two. There are four two two lineups that may have because of correlation and projection may actually be slightly better than lineups that are five, three, they're going to be some three, three, two lineups that once you factor in correlation, will have a technically higher ceiling than a five, three lineup or a five, one, one, one lineup. They're going to be some two, one, one. They're going to be some three, two, one, one. They're going to be not as many of them. Because obviously the less players that are correlated in your lineup, the less of a boost that you're going to be getting from that correlation. And no, there's no lineup HQ setting that could give you a 30% boost to correlated lineups. You're always playing correlated. In MLB, you're, you're almost always playing correlated lineups anyway. Right? And the boosts don't aren't... It's not 30. I'm using 30% as an example. People get focused too much on exactness. I'm teaching concepts here. It's like pulling teeth. What is the correlation between Mike Trout batting second and Shoei Otani batting fourth? Well, it's going to be different than if Shoei Otani is batting first and Mike Trout's batting third. It's going to be different. How much different? It doesn't matter. You want to do it exact, exact? Feel free. You, you, you can do every, you can do all of this exactly if you want. I would suggest enrolling in MIT, taking four years of computer science, right? Learning multiple programming languages, right? Then you have to get all the data, right? Get, get, get. There's going to be a lot of steps. If, you, if, if, you're, if you're sitting there and you barely could operate Excel, like you're you're probably multiple years before figuring out the difference between that to a to a hundredth or a thousandth of a decimal. Now, what's what's the edge you get from figuring it out to the tenth or a hundred thousandth of a decimal? I would say zero. We're close close to zero. My projection is 9.21374. Well, my projection is 9.21375. Well, that one's obviously closer. I got to make sure to get that. Understand the concept. So if you're going to ask me, is a 5-3 lineup better than a 5 I don't know. I, what's, what is the lineup? I don't know. 
And the question in and of itself, is it better? And I want to go back to Tuesday's show. If you're asking, is this better than this, then you're missing the point of why you're playing DFS. And I want you to go back to the to the episode, the DFS pregame show episode called Where Does the Money Come From? That is the single most important episode of this show ever made. It may be the single most important piece of content ever created in D- daily fantasy sports. Where does the money come from? Watch that once a week, every day if you can. Where does the money come from? It comes from poor lineups. What are the two main types of poor lineups in your GPPs? Lineups that are too low projected or too high owned. That's it. That's where all the equity to be one comes from. Too low projected. In MLB, that also includes the car, the boost of correlation. Right? There could be a high, high median projected, a decent median projected lineup that has absolutely no correlation in it. So that lineup doesn't get a 30 plus percent boost. So that lineup may, that lineup could be like, once you consider in correlation, could be like technically like 40 points below other lineups. Like that, that type of lineup needs like three or four extra home runs in order to just break even with the other lineups, with an average lineup in the contest. Okay. So that's where the money comes from or high own or, Lineups where it's the two highest owned pitchers and the highest owned stack in the exact configuration with the highest owned one-off type of thing. A lot of min cash equity there. Sure, yeah, okay. But first place equity is kind of kind of torched. And a lot of times you may even see duplicates. It could be an 11-game slate, 12-game slate. You may even see duplicates of those types of lineups. Okay. Now the the min cash equity is there that it still gains some of some of that, but the first place equity is kind of not there. So that's that's where the money comes from. You're competing for that equity based on those parameters. If you're entered a contest that doesn't have liners that are way too low projected or way too high owned, then you can't win. No lineup would be plus EV. No none. The rate you you couldn't beat the rate. Okay, so where does all the money come from? All the money comes from the bad lineups. So as long as you do not make bad lineups, as long as there's enough bad lineups in the contest, any lineup that is not bad is profitable. Okay, the level of profitability long-term, yes, you could debate the merits of that. But as long as you don't build a bad lineup, If you are in a contest, such as large field GPPs, especially, typically, there are enough bad lineups in the contests, right, that are ceding their equity to everyone else. Now, everyone else is fighting over that. You could be the worst out of the people fighting over that and still still make money. You won't make as much money as everyone else, but you'll still make money, right? It's the poke, it's the poker table thing. I'm on a nine-handed poker table. I could be, I could be the seventh best player at the table and be profitable. Well, how is that the case? Well, it, is the eighth or ninth players so bad that they're dumping to everyone? 
Now, the best player at the table is going to make the most amount of money, but I'm going to still be making money. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The seventh best player at the table. I'm gonna get in getting some some pots from these guys. You know, they're dumping, you know, they dump five grand, ten grand into the game, into a you know, two five no limit game. I'm gonna get some of that. Even though I'm not even I'm not even in the top half of what the best players at the table are. Now, how do I make more money then? Well, yeah, I I need to get better. I need I need to play better. But I can still make money, I can still be profitable. So when I talk about like Building plus EV lineups. It's I'm not I'm talking about n- neutral plus EV lineups. Not how much plus EV it is. Is this lineup a dollar thirty four? Is this lineup a dollar twenty one? Is this lineup a dollar seventeen? Is this line, that's not what I'm talking about? I'm talking about plus EV lineups. Is this lineup profitable long term? The exact of how much more profitable is one lineup over the other? Maybe that's your next that next step. I want to make I want to make sure I make better and better lineups. But as long as you're not making bad lineups, you can profit as long as you're playing contests with bad lineups. What's the most important thing? What your opponents are doing. If you're not playing contests with bad lineups, you can't win. No one can win. The rake's gonna eat you. So when you ask me the difference between this lineup and that lineup, or this lineup and that lineup. I'm going to say they're both. I'm going to say they're both fine. Well, which one is better? I don't know. I would think that between these two lineups, like okay, this one is 77, this one is 71 and a half. I would think this one is better. Okay, is this is the first one profitable? Probably yes. So if you just showed me, if you didn't even show me the second line, but you showed me the first line, you said, can I play this? I go, yeah, that looks profit. that's profitable. And you go off and play it, and you wouldn't know any better. Then you show me this line, because you're going to play this? Oh, yeah, that's profitable. Is that a little bit more profitable than the other one? Probably. Oh, that means you can't play this first. No, this first one's profitable also. Just a little bit less profitable. Or maybe the distribution of the profit is different. Right there, that high variance lineups versus low variance lineups. If you're going to stack, you're going to a lot of the highest EV lineups you can make are lineups where you're stacking the one percent owned garbage team against the ace pitcher who's like sixty percent owned. Those are those are the highest EV lineups. If you were to if you were to run if you were to run a simulation, 
A lot of times, those are the lineups that have the highest expected value. Why? Because they win first place a couple of times more often than other lineups. But when they don't win first place, they don't even come close. Like, they don't have any value outside of it. They have much less value outside of it. So the distribution of how they how you realize the EV are in this these big, big spikes, like the biggest spikes possible, then everything else is like gar is like nothing. So imagine playing 150 of those lineups. You're gonna you're gonna lose like almost 100 percent of your money, like almost every slate. And every so often, right? Maybe once every two months, you hit, you hit first place. Is that enough? Is that enough to be pre- like? They're, yeah, they're high EV liners. Would you want to play 150 of them? Well, if you had a $17 million bankroll, sure, okay. Then you could survive losing 95-plus percent of your money almost every day. You could do that. Those would be the highest EV lineups. So why don't people play the highest EV lineups? Yeah, for that reason, because the highest EV lineups are also the highest variance lineups. And then you'll also see that you'll see sharp players that play lineups that are Wow, they really, they stack the chalk. They have the chalk team, the chalk stack, and a chalk pitcher and a chalk one-off in like a 5-2-1 lineup. And you go, is this lineup too high owned? I go, well, they're playing an 8% owned pitcher and a, you know, the, the two-man stack is like, like combinatorically, like this isn't, this isn't like awful. Like it's, it's probably like almost around break even. Like it, it, it may not be the most profitable lineup at all. Definitely not the most profitable out of their 150 set. You're like, well, why do they play it? It's like, because it's a profitable lineup. Yeah, but it's like, aren't there like 17,000 lineups that would be more profitable than that? Oh, yeah, but it's still a profitable lineup. And most of that that lineup's EV comes from, you know, coming in 700th place, right? Getting a 3X payout, a 2X payout, a min cash payout. It has just enough win equity that it makes it, it's over the line, right? It's still a profitable lineup. Not at nearly as profitable as other lineups, but if you're playing 150 lineups, unless you're on a, and unless you're on a gargantuan bankroll, you probably want to manage your portfolio so that you're, you're not losing 99% every slate, even if your theoretical EV is the highest. Because you're never going to survive, you never survive long enough to realize it. So incorporated in their portfolio are profitable lineups that are just low that are lower profitable and lower variance. Can you can you play all of your lineups like yeah, sure? One percent, they're gonna have one percent profit. Okay, feel free. Go, go for it. You still be profitable. The thing that's gonna matter more is your opponent's lineups. In this 20,000 entry contest, how many bad lineups are there? There are at least, if there are at least 2,000, 3,000 bad lineups, that covers the rake. And once you got the rake covered, what else do you need? Even the worst lineup out of the rest of the bunch is still going to be profitable. Because technically it's being overlaid, right? So we talk about the correlation. It's like, okay, playing four, five guys from the same team is better than playing four guys from the same team, which is better than three guys from the same team. It's better, better. I'm using in quotes, better. Well, that's in relation to their projecting. Obviously in relation to the salary, fitting all the salary together. So 
So it's not just do I play do I play a five man stack. It's not just do I play five three. Do I play five one on Fanduel? Do I do four four or four three one or four two two or three three two? But those questions are irrelevant. It depends on it. it if you wanted an exact number of why one lineup may be slightly better than another lineup, I would have to look at the exact lineup that you show. The exact one. It depends on the exact lineup. As a heuristic, remember, we go back to earlier this week, we talked about heuristics. If you just play, if on if on FanDuel, you played 4-4, and on DraftKings, you played 5-3, and never changed that, on any slate, and I know the slate, there are slate dynamics involved with this as well. If you just did that, if you're in contests with enough players that play bad lineups, you probably don't have to do do anything else. Just always, just don't, just don't even think about it. If you're like, well, I'm going to build 20 lineups, 10 are going to be 5-3, and 10 are going to be 5-3-1. and three, one. Fine. Whatever you decide, whatever you want. Right? Heuristically, just stack as much as you can. That's it. That's it. There's nothing that heuristically, you're most likely going to build lineups that aren't bad lineups. That's your goal, to build lineups that aren't bad lineups. Because where does the money come from? They come from the bad lineups. So if you're going to choose between two lineups and be like, is this line, this lineup projects for X and is owned at Y, and this one is slightly lower and is owned at slightly lower. And like, and you're going to sit there and do this in MLB DFS where the where the range of outcomes is like the size of like the Grand Canyon. You're just wasting your time. There are lineups that I play that are 30, 35 point projection differences that I don't mind playing on certain slates. Depending on the ownership, depending on. As you get further away, obviously, projection wise, then it becomes more and more likely you're building a bad lineup. If you're debating the difference of like a point of projection here and there when they're already decently high, decently projected lineups. Add, if it's within a home, one swing of the bat, like my, my 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 thing is one swing of the bat. One swing of the bat doesn't matter. Okay? So that's 14 points in projection. So I don't view a lineup that projects at X or projects at X minus 14 as much different from one another. Assuming the owners and assuming the leverage is there, right? One That's one swing of the bat, 14 points on DraftKings. What's two swings of the bat? 28 points. Two swings of the bat. Okay, now, 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 now we're start, starting to push it. Which means a lineup that projects 28 points lower than in another lineup. I don't mind that either. So between 14 and 28... Now we're getting into two swings to the bat. Once we start getting into three swings to the bat, now, 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 now I think we may be, may be giving up a little too much. Unless you get amazing amount of, unless you're getting amazing leverage. Probably that may, that may be a little too much. But you know how many lineups you could build? If you ran the optimal and then ran any stacked lineup that was within 28 points of that optimal projection, you know how many lineups that is? Imagine you were going to run a five-man stack with with three one-offs on DraftKings. So it's like, I want a five-man stack, doesn't matter what team, and three one-offs and two pitchers. 
And I want you to give me all the lineups that are within, here's the top one, within 28 points of it. We don't, you couldn't even do that in lineup HQ. Because there'd be thousands, there'd maybe tens of thousands of lineups. And I'm telling you, all those lineups are fine. <laughs> all those lineups are fine. If you take away ownership, all those lineups would be about the same, close enough, right? So once you once you get into that mentality, that's close enough. Like, why are you spending? What? Who's spending? How do you spend that much time building MLB lineups? Everything in baseball, it's, it's already factored in the projections, so you don't have to look at it. I don't have to look at the weather. I don't have to look at the team totals. I don't have to look at the pitcher. I don't have to look at the strikeout rate. I don't have to look. I don't have to look at any of it. It's already factored in the projections. Then I'm playing MLB DFS GPPs while well, I'm stacking. Okay. So give me as many players from the same team as possible. And then if I'm building... the more profitable lineups out of the bunch of those thousands. I want the lowest owned ones of those, right? The difference in five points in projection doesn't matter that much. In the grand scheme of things, when the Grand Canyon variance and correlation factor of MLB DFS, well, here's a lineup that is owned at 120%. And here's a lineup that's five points lower projected that's owned at 18%. Well, I'm going to play the other, I'm going to play the 18% online. And you know what? I could probably find like a hundred lineups that look like that also. I'm going to pick a bunch of those. And they may have different teams in them. Who knows? And then depending on how many lineups I play, how much diversification do I want? You know, so I don't so I don't lose 90% of my money on every every day. And I just pick and choose whatever lineups out of those. And there you go. That's MLB DFS. But when you ask the question of like, do you play five, do you play a stack? Do you not play a stack? This is the concept that you should be looking at. How much, how much of a boost does the correlation of the two players matter? And then add that onto the projection and then go, well, does this player have a better projection than the, than the other two guys that already have the boost? If the answer is no, then you should play the correlated one. Why do you think if you see if you see me on like MLB Grinders Live this year coming up? What position sucks the most typically? Catcher, right? Typically, there may be a sl- the slates where there's no catcher that's worth playing. Like the highest raw projected catcher is seven points. And the lowest projected catcher is four and a half points. You know what I say on the show a lot of times? Well, what catcher do you play? Play play what whoever's in your stack. There's no one, there's no once you factor in the correlation between the catcher and the other four players on the, on the team, that correlation boost boosts it up past the best catcher you could play on the slate anyway. So, why are you going to play the seven to high? I'm going to play $4,200, whatever the whoever the hell, over the $2,800 catcher that projects for two points less, but is correlated with the other four players in your lineup. So, I'll play, I'll play the court at that point, I'll play the correlated one. But there are slates sometimes where it's like Mike Trout projects for 14. And the player that would correlate with your lineup only projects for like nine and a half. And it's like, is the five and a half points, is the four and a half points worth 
Yeah, maybe I play Trout as a one-off there. You could. You could play probably either lineup would be profitable. And now we're just deciding between which one is slightly more profitable than the other one. To me, I actually think that's more important than the correlation. I think a more important concept today that that you should learn. I mean, I, I talked about it on Tuesday. Once you've built a not a bad lineup, the difference between the not and bad lineups are not dramatic. Don't build bad lineups. Okay? You will do better. I'm guaranteeing it. You will do better. Most of the time in the past of me, because I, 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 I talked to p- people for the years, right? I have the course, right? Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports.com, right? Theory of DFS.com. People get catch towards baseball season or during baseball season. I can you, I haven't been doing well. I've been playing a month of baseball and should, and then they give me all these questions of should I be looking at this? Should I be doing that? I, I said, said, throw all of it out. So what do you mean? I said you would do better off just randomly choosing, just randomly choosing teams. Like, should you do that? No. But I'm saying based on what you've shown me, it's like you've you've spent all this time on things that don't matter. How do you mean they don't matter? It's like, well, everything you're looking at is in the projections. I said, but I'm trying to determine if this lineup is better than that lineup, is better than this lineup, is better than that lineup. I said, pick pick one randomly. Probably probably doesn't matter between the four. Like the more and more you stop thinking and stop doing everything and just get down to the fundamentals of DFS, the better you will do. And people that have gotten there know what I'm talking about. The people that haven't gotten there think I'm crazy. But you when 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 you learn how to play DFS well you will get to a point where you think that it can't be that simple. That you just sit there and you'll 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 get a 1099 at the end of the year. You'll win a GPP three or four times in a year, right? You'll be profitable in cash games. And you go, it, it can't just be this simple. Like if it was if it's this simple, why doesn't why doesn't everyone do? I mean, like it's it's to the point where it's that simple that it's like. Like, dude, why are there any bad DFS players? I mean, this is just like two, this can't, it has to be short-term luck because it can't be this simple. Yeah, it's that simple. It's, it really is that simple. Yeah, all I do is I go into lineup HQ and, and build baseball lineups and say, uh, yeah, give me like a max of like 10% of like any stack and uh, and make sure that the lineups aren't owned as like this much. And I weed out ones that are project for way too low, and then I just play that. I go, yeah, those are probably fine lineups. Could you build a more profitable set of lineups? Possibly. But are you building a profitable set of lineups? Probably. It's probably fine. Probably good. You have to now build around the the the, the a lot of a lot of MLB DFS is more uh, more of the, the limitations of optimizers. You get into clumping problems. Like it's more of like figuring out how to, how to how to work around tools if you're building large sets of lineups. But if you're building three lineups, 
Like, dude, you could use lineup HQ and build out 300, 500, 800, 3,000, 6,000. You could build out, and they're all profitable. And you could be like, I've, 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 I've 10,000 lineups to choose from. But I'm only playing three. So which one should I play? It's like, well, you could play any of the three. You could. It's like, well, if you want to be more likely to play lineups that are still a little bit more profitable than that, well, that's what, you know, we have tools, right? The Theory of DFS Advanced Players Guide as a custom Excel tools. That's the type of stuff that I use. I go, okay, how do I weed? How do I weed? Now that I have 6,000 plus EV lineups, how do I weed out and maybe play the ones that are even the highest out of the bunch, right? You go, I'll play 20 of those. And then decide like, well, I don't want to play 20 high variance lineups. So a lot of it is just picking and choosing between lineups that are already profitable to begin with. But you have to get to that point. Most people don't get to that point because they just overcomplicate things. Like we said on Monday, I said, who is the high, who has the highest team total? Okay. Who's the who is the highest strikeout rate for a pitcher? Okay. You're gonna play that, you're gonna play that team and that and that pitcher. Remember, all that is in projections. So you can say play play the highest projected pitcher, play the highest projected stack. Well, who do I play out of the stack? It doesn't matter. Any any five guys from that team. Any of them. Well, how do you play the Braves without Acuna? Who cares? Who cares? It's already factored in the projections. Who cares? Oh, so the Braves are going to put up 12 runs and Acuna's going to... Acuna costs 5,700. Maybe, maybe he has 14 points and it doesn't matter. You're overthinking it. Just play five guys from the same team. Well, can I play two, three, four, five? Do, do I have to do one, two? Can I play nine? Can I... Are you not listening? Just play five guys from the same team. Doesn't matter what the order is. The projection will change depending on how many plate appearances, right? Because the projection is, as they go down in the order, the projection will start to get lower. As they get to the top of the order, the projection goes higher. Why? Because they're more likely to get more plate appearances. Just play five guys from the same team or four guys on FanDuel. How about the rest of my lineup? Do I play three guys from the... Play three guys from the same team. Play two guys from the same team. You're overthinking it. You're vastly over. I mean, you're vastly over. If 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 you're not even at the point where like it doesn't even this doesn't even matter. You know how much you're overthinking it. I'm going to highlight this next week as well when we go through le- leverage as far as as ownership. This line we're going to go through, and it's going to be this lineup is uh, projects for 126 at. At 37% ownership. And this lineup projects at 125 at 32% ownership, which, dude, they're both fine. Right? Are they lower owned than the highest owned lineups? In the, are they vastly lower owned than the highest owned lineups in your contest? Yes. Okay. That, that That's only, that's, do they project well enough for you? Yes. Okay. Those are the only two questions you need to, need to answer. Yeah, but I can make like 17,000 lineups that look like... That's right! That's right! And if you make 17,000 of them and you randomly choose five, those will be just as good as the five that you could just... You would spend five hours trying to choose. That's how much variance there is in MLB DFS. So why are you spending all that time? It's a waste. 
unless you enjoy it, unless it's the type of thing that you enjoy. You enjoy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig into stats that don't matter, that are already factored in, in a game where the variance is so high, in a contest that already has tons of bad lineups in it. So as long as I don't play any of those bad lineups, any of the lineups I make that aren't bad are probably good. So if you, if you have, for some reason you have fun spending four hours doing anything more than that, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. I prefer to watch Netflix or take a nap or do something else, play poker. I have other stuff to do. Why? Because I know it doesn't matter. So I'm not going to spend my time doing it if it doesn't matter. If my my monetary if my monetary amount my financials go up don't go up more why am I spending more time on it I'm not so we're talking about it because we're going to be talking about MLB for months on this show obviously because MLB will be the main sport going on and I guarantee you new people will come here and I will have to constantly make this speech about making it simpler and simpler and simpler and simpler. Or people like, was this lineup good? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but this guy played these lineups. Yeah, those lineups were fine also. Yeah, but that, but this top player played these lines. Yeah, those lineups were fine also. They look around and go, if every lineup was fine, then what the hell are we doing here? It's like, yeah, we're playing, we're playing not to play bad lineups. That's you're absolutely right. Like actually, bad lineups. Let's go, let's go into results DB or let's download the CSV and let's let's see what the bad lineups are. Oh, look, look at 2,000 bad lineups. All right, isn't it great that they just gave us money? Right, so one of us is going to get one of those, some of this money, right? Are you one of those not bad lineups? Yeah, okay, so you're in, the, you're in the mix. You're in the raffle. Let's close our eyes and see who wins. <laughs> that's what it is. From a pragmatic standpoint, that is what it is. Okay, so give me those thumbs ups. On your way out the door, hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, smash it, hit it. Do whatever you want with it. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got we got stuff going on this week. Is there even a basket? There's small basketball slate tonight, I guess. NBA. That is NBA still happening. Oh, it's such a pain in the ass. But a week from now, we'll be back to MLB. We got PGA stuff, right? There's a match play event going on or something. Was that last week? I don't know. We got uh, international soccer, right? Because the uh, Premier League's off because of the international break. We got we I don't we may have projections for that. I don't think so. I think just EPL and UCL. We got tons of stuff, right? So sign up to Roto Grinders Premium. Click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. Uh, if you want more explanation about all all this type of stuff, right? The game theory of DFS. Go to theoryofdfs.com. Pick up the Fundamentals Masterclass, or the Advanced Players Course, which comes with the custom Excel tools that James McCool has developed, the ones that I use, right? I do use them. Between between the Excel tools and in, in, in the Theory of DFS and, and Lineup HQ and Roto-Grinders, like, that, that's what I use. Well, oh, do you do this? Do you do no, that? No, I, I literally show what I do. You go back to past shows. I, I Dude, we're going we're gonna to be having slates sometimes where I'm doing the pregame show and there's a slate at like two o'clock in the afternoon and I'll just build the lineups that I literally will play. Like that's what we do. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes we don't have a line, we don't have a starting lineup in time or something like that. So I have to switch something. A lot of times it's like, okay, these are the five lineups I'm playing. 
And this is how I got about to going about getting them. And if it wasn't for the fact I wasn't do, doing a show, it would probably take me three minutes to do. But of course, I explain everything, and that's that's the basis of the show. So you'll see you'll see plenty of those. Okay, so tomorrow's MMA. Remember, going over the UFC. What San Antonio? San Antonio. The UFC San Antonio slate. Thirteen fights as of now. Probably something's going to get canceled. It always does. Something. It's okay. Thirteen fight card. I could do. I like thirteen, and then it gets down to like eleven fight card for no reason. Two fights get canceled. Someone made Mrs. White. Something like that. But we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. I'll be going over that and uh, answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do here on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.